Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Another Grizz football win. A big University of Montana lacrosse team win. And a Big Sky championship for the Grizz soccer team in atypical fashion. Plus, some talk about the NBA as well. Welcome in. It's Nuanez now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watch it in statewide television. SWX Montana TV. Sean Rainey, sports director from SWX Montana. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas. Usually this is a Wednesday thing. Sean's just swinging by for the first hour of today's show. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz. Usually the guest host on Monday and Tuesdays. He is not here. He's out of town. Uh, long weekend for him. Ca- call it a whole bunch of uh, sporting events for the University of Montana and also entertaining some people in town. But uh, Riley will be back in the saddle next week. And uh, Sean, stopping by. Kyle Sample will also join us in the second hour. Kyle and I actually spent all day yesterday together, and we were coming in from the ranch club. And uh, he was like, dude, I want to do something on the radio this week. And so we, we just swung by here because it was on the way. And uh, so we'll have some of our conversation from last night, talking a lot about the Grizz as well. We'll start today's show, though, of course, with the Montana Football Hour. We do this the first hour of each Monday, highlighting all things football across the state of Montana and Montana, the University of Montana, a resounding, dominant 48-7 victory over Portland State on Saturday. So the Grizz 2-0 in their spring season. 
107 to 10, the final docket in terms of scoring margin. So we'll get into all that. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Also going to talk a little bit of Grizz soccer. Really weird. Grizz soccer team, they got a win in the semifinals of the Big Sky Tournament against Northern Colorado in overtime. Taylor Stogar had two different goals, including a, a, the game winner in, in OT to lift Montana into the conference tournament title game. But COVID strikes again. COVID issues for the Northern Arizona soccer team keeps the uh, championship game in the Big Sky Tournament from being called off. Grizz soccer is headed to the NCAA tournament, their fifth ever berth in the NCAAs, but a, a weird way to win it. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. And then we'll talk Grizz football, NBA, maybe even a little 49ers quarterback situation in the second hour as well. If you want to get a hold of us, give us a call, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. You want to listen to us on any of your mobile devices, your computer, your tablet, anything like that, go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. There you'll find the stream. And you can do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We're going to get into extensively this first hour about this Montana football game, but one note, and this is a big deal if you follow the Grizz Lacrosse program, Montana Lacrosse, they pulled out two convincing wins over the weekend against North Dakota State in Bismarck. Those are the first two wins ever by the Grizz program over NDSU. Grizz Lacrosse now 6-1 and one on this spring season. They had a 16-8 to eight win uh, in the first game, and then they followed it up with a 12-7 win in the second game. And uh, these two teams they've played, they had, had not played since 2019, excuse me, uh, but the first two wins ever by Montana. They're sitting there in the top 25 right now in the uh, in the lacrosse world so big deal for them tucker Sargent, likely i'm still trying to coordinate with him but the uh, head coach for the lacrosse team he's gonna swing by tomorrow and chat with us a little bit about all that rainy what's up dude how you doing i'm good i'm good i got my uh my second my second shot this morning Ooh, how you feeling so i'm feeling good i I feel like a little bit like you know like a ticking time bomb like something's gonna happen just because like some (laughs) of the people that i work 12 to 18 hours yeah some of the people that i work with uh got theirs well, yesterday they aren't feeling great today, and or last week, and the the next day, uh, you know, had a, had a have high fever. So hoping that that doesn't happen, but you know, we're fi- we're feeling good now, so we're good. Time now for the Montana Football Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank is committed to the enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. Hope that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. 48-7, the final docket between Montana and Portland State. I know I hyped up Portland State all week long, calling them what I thought was definitely a top half of the league team, and I would have said either the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Sky going into the fall. They showed up to Missoula a little bit shorthanded. Emmanuel Dagbo, who's their best. I mean, Bruce Barnum told me Friday night. By the way, Bruce Barnum, head coach for Portland State, uh, he has gifted myself and the rest of the Missoula Media Corps with 100 bags of dots. I was going to say, do we have them? Do you have them? I, I got them in my office. So I'll, uh, I'll Sweet. Get, so we'll be sharing those with you great listeners and viewers. I got some for Sean. I got some for everybody. But Barnum made a promise on the show a couple years ago. He's going to give us some dots. He hasn't been back, and uh, he was back. So he gave us some dots. But I was talking to him just for a brief moment Friday night. And he was telling me Emmanuel Dogbay, who was their best receiver, and he said he called him their best player. He tore his groin. The initial doctors at Portland State diagnosed it as a career ender, so they couldn't finish it. Or fix it, excuse me. So he goes and has surgery at the University of Washington, finally gets it fixed. But kind of a Troy Anderson situation where it was a slow recovery, so uh, he was not in the lineup. 
They also were missing two two guys that were so their best offensive lineman, Corbin Sorensen, entered the transfer portal and is now at Oregon State. They brought in three Division One Power Five tra- transfers on the offensive line that aren't with the team yet, and they also had a starter that was out. So that's a long way of saying Portland State's offensive line was a shell of itself. It, they had four guys that potentially or definitely are starters not there. That's how the Grizz looked great. I thought they looked aggressive, enthusiastic. They ran the ball with authority. I thought they, uh, in every way of operating, I thought they looked better than the week before and as good as they've looked in a long time. Your impressions of Montana? The same. After the Central Washington game, um, I was like, yeah, I mean, they played well, obviously, but they should. That's what they should do against a team like that. Um, so I was curious to see how they would come out against Portland State. And I think after that game, I'm more impressed with them moving forward and really think that, I mean, they're, they're a pretty special team. I, I think that they are uh, very, very good. And I think just the, the main thing that we're seeing is just over the years, you know, they've, they've had a lot of talent, but not in waves like I feel like they have now. Like, I mean, it is just, I mean, we've talked about it on here before, but it's just the, some of the, the second groupings of some of these position players are arguably better than the first. And there's little to no drop off as we get into the depth chart. And that's just the number one sign of a healthy program. And, you know, that was just super impressive. And I know people were like, you know, I asked like impressions, you know, that people wanted to know on, on Twitter and give me their opinions and things like that. And people are like, well, I don't, you know, things like, I don't know if Cam Humphrey's the best quarterback on the team. I don't know if sure. this, the, this starter is the best starter on the team. I was like, these are all things that you say when you have a good and healthy program because yeah. you think that the backups are really good. You don't say that when, when it's a bad program because you're not talking about the backups potentially being better than the starters. Well, now they've gotten to the point, too, where it's not even really backups. You're talking about 1A and 1B, basically. That's why they're only listing two guys on the depth chart because, I mean, basically what Montana has right now is basically uh, between, like, 45 and 50 guys that they expect to play at a starter level when they're in the game. And Coach Houck talked about that a lot in the postgame press conference. But I totally agree. You know, We've talked about this on the show, off the air, everything. All the different things that went into Montana, taking a step down from where they were for so long. And they were still good, but not the elite program they were for 15, 17 years. And I think that that's the number one factor. Like this team, I don't think they have a D lineman that's as good as uh, Tyrone Holmes or Caleb Kidder or Zach Wagaman. But they have like eight that are better than almost anybody else they've had over the last 10 years, right? They have they don't they don't have a linebacker that's as good as Dante Olsen, but they have five that are as good or better than anybody else that was playing next to Olsen these last couple of years because Jace Lewis has gotten better and those other guys have gotten better. And it's all on down the board. I just think they have so many now above average guys and I think that that's that's the way you do it. And then I, I also agree that's where the the uh the potential is so high as well because you have now depth, but you also have guys that do have the potential to be those elite talents, too. So now if you have that depth and the elite talent, that's when you're a national championship contender. Well, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, you know, and you know, I asked, you know, Coach Houck, because after every single one of these games, the opposing coach has been like the front seven just completely overwhelmed us. Yep. And, you know, so I asked Coach Houck about that, and he didn't really necessarily want to give all the credit to the front seven because defense is a, an 11-man sure. thing. Everybody has to be doing their job, which is true. And it goes to say that, like, yes, when Montana had a, a Tyron Holmes, Zach Wagman, and stuff, they might not have been as strong on the interior defensive line, so you can kind of run at them. Or, like, the cornerbacks as a whole weren't as strong, so you'd be able to, you know, try and do, you know, just get some uh, quick passing game going, and, and you can take away, you know, the fastball of the Montana defense. Now, I don't really know if they have a weakness. And obviously, that 
you know, they play two games. Like, sure. They can get exposed. I still think that it's, you know, against teams with dynamic run schemes, yep. like a Montana State. Right. They need to do it against a team like that. I think that might be still the weakness of this defense. I still want to see that um, improve. But until that happens, I mean, there's really not a glaring weakness on the defense. And I think that is the, the difference is like, you know, I mean, how good did Justin Ford look in some of these? For cor- sure. In some of these corners, just there's not one player where I'm like, man, you could you could attack there. And that's the difference to me. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Sean Rainey joining me. He's the uh, sports director at SWX Montana TV. Before we hear from the Grizz uh, side of this thing, let's hear from Polo State head coach Bruce Barnum. Uh, he's a, been a good friend of this show and uh, a coach that I've gotten to know pretty well over the last six years covering his program and a guy that was very complimentary to the Grizz all the time. Here's what Bruce Barnum had to say after his team's 48-7 to loss to Montana on Saturday in Missoula. I like last time I was here, it was a little more fun to be in the seat. I wanted to play a playoff team or an FPS team in the spring. Because we've been away from football for so long. I think we're a fast football team. I, I, I didn't want to play somebody that it, it didn't concern me. That's the only people I asked. I asked Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, um, and here at Montana to play, you know, and because I wanted competition. I, I'm not going to gauge if I, uh, you know, roll somebody up, but um, that was the plan coming in. Excuse me. And I knew about their defense. And I saw it live, you know. Their front seven uh, will carry that team a long way. Um, I've been in this conference for many moons. And that defense, the Grizz are back. I don't care what you say. Um, Whether how good we are or not, because I think we're pretty good in some spots. But that football team is the Grizz of old. So... Is that good, or you want more stuff? <laughs> Marty, Anna, if you had film from last week to yeah. watch, how did they compare from what you saw on tape to what you saw just live? what I saw. I mean, I, I, again, I look more at the defense, but I looked at that number seven. He showed up, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so you saw other people, but um, our talk on them was their defense. I told our team, uh, I told our offensive line in their group, I said, this room, will tell me if, if we're in in it in the fourth and we got a chance to win. You know what I mean? And the way Sachs had them, even when they're not blitzing, when they weren't bringing anybody, you know, he had them running this way and that way and then striking us. And um, We have to get better in that spot or we have to get to that level that we can protect and run the ball against that. And we will. We will. We've been away from it for a long, uh, quite a while. And I have some others coming in up front offensive line wise uh, but we have to be able to match that we have to because um, that's what will get us back in the playoffs coach two parts um first off thank you for the pretzels that you gave Coulter. yeah um, <laughs> sorry it was two years ago i prom- I, I i'm like no and i keep my promises that's right the COVID hit right <laughs> i make a promise you know they had me on the radio thing um, and he's like, I said this live. He said, yeah. so I'm not cussing. I got a thing from him that says, my, from my wife, don't cuss, dumbass. And then 
you know, we got talking. I said, I'll get you some pretzels. Because he brought up the Dodge thing. But, but then COVID hit, right? My team was gone. I couldn't, you couldn't travel anywhere. Um, so instead of sending him pretzels, I shined that boat up. And I went fishing about 48 times. But it's good to be back in the game, though. Uh, second part is, I know you touched uh, a lot on some of the players from Montana's defense, but when you look at how they contained Davis Alexander, what really stood out? Because it seemed like he was able to kind of move around, but really they were able to keep him contained after like the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, it, it, everything they did, you know, um, from their, you know, three even or odd look, um, their containment was there, how they rolled Robbie down there when they go, I don't know what they call it, this kind of the two robber where he comes down and um, as a guy of the box, uh, they did a nice job of bottling him up, you know. And, and when they add one, you know, we have to be able to throw the football. Uh, and we couldn't because of their defensive line. We got uh, pressure and stymied or made uh, Davis Alexander take off. I know you really like your football team. Um, was this today more of a, the Grizz are, are really good, you guys didn't play as well as you thought you would, maybe a combination of the two? They're good. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I've seen good and bad, um, you know, four times your age, um, at least three times your age, and I've been in the game, so I've seen some really good teams and some really bad teams. Um, that's a good football team. I, you know, their, their offense, um, they've got weapons. I, I did pay attention. We obviously couldn't stop them. I mean, we were trying man zone. Uh, I went down to Pyam, our defense corner, and I said, hey, sneak 12 out there. It's a spring game, you know. Um, I didn't, really couldn't do that, but uh, they're strong. They are, quote me, I called Washington a while back. I told, I told them they're going to be in the national championship. That'll be a playoff team next year in our comfort. You guys good? Sweet. Thanks, Barney. All right, guys. Barney Coach Hawk said you're taking too long. Let's go. Can we go as long as you want? I'd like to make another statement. <laughs> make two. The longer you go, the less time I have. A little insight. That was a little bit of the ending of the press conference when uh, Coach Hauk and Coach Barnum were razzing each other. Nuan has now one of two nine ESPN Missoula. He then offered Cooper again. Well, so here's the yeah. here's the backstory. Coach <laughs> Barnum, who played football at Eastern Washington back in the eighties, uh, and has been the big sky on and off for thirty years. He has a couple stud athlete sons. One of whom, uh, Cooper Barnum, was uh, he is a great athlete. And he got offered to play football at, uh, I, th- I think, Portland State, obviously by his dad, Montana, Idaho, Idaho State. Bruce let him come on a visit here. So Bruce actually, at, in dad form, came on a visit to his uh, rival school's place. And this this is Barnum to a T because then he was using it against Hauk, basically saying, like, how do you guys ever lose? How'd you lose to me? You guys got way better stuff than we got. So it's just it's a funny joke that they got going on. But Cooper's now pitching at Washington State. But uh, you heard Bobby say there. He's welcome to come back here anytime. Sean Rainey joining me, Coulter Nuanas. Let's hear from Coach Houck. Uh, here's his thoughts from the postgame press conference after Montana's 48-7 to victory over Portland State. Uh, certainly we're excited to win against a, a real quality opponent. Um, you know, obviously, we have high regard for them, what they do, how they coach, how they recruit. Um, so we're really pleased with our effort today and, and how things went. Um, we had a couple of goals this spring. Um, the first one was to win, certainly, and the second one was to send a message uh, that we have a good football team here in Missoula. 
the University of Montana, and I think that message has been sent. Uh, I like our team. I'm fired up uh, about uh, the next couple months getting ready for the fall, and I can't wait for September. Coach, both coaches uh, in the spring after the game said that your front seven really kind of overwhelmed them and, and couldn't really do much because of that. Uh, Good. Maybe just talk about your, your play of the front seven and, and how pleased you were in the spring in those two games. Well, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen the film of this one, certainly. Yeah. Um, a week ago, we played well, uh, certainly on defense. And defense is 11, right? It's 11 on the pass, 11 on the run. So, you know, it's, it's never just the front seven. You know, it's not. It, it, it's like, if you give up passing yards, what's wrong with the second year? Well, you, you weren't second quarterback either, you know? So, uh, our defense played well. Uh, I think, as I mentioned a week ago, I think that team we beat a week ago is well-coached, uh, well-drilled, fundamentally sound, and we got after them. And then the same, I feel the same way about Portland State, and it was just a good performance by our team, and specifically to your question, Sean, it was a good performance by our defense. Coach, when you look at how Nick played today, and then you see Xavier Harris having a great game today, you know, what does that say about the depth of your all's running back so far? Well, you know, the goal is to have depth at, at all the positions. And, uh, you know, these two young guys did a nice job uh, both last week and this week. I think the thing that, you know, we'll go and talk about that is most uh, important to me and evident is we had two young guys, uh, you know, freshman, sophomore, that took care of the ball really well. Uh, we didn't we didn't get the ball up. And that was a physical game today. I mean, there was great hitting out there and, and our running backs took care of the ball first and foremost and then uh, I think they're seeing things well uh, they're running through contact they're keeping their feet moving they're scraping and clawing for yards and, and it's been good Apologies for that. A little bit uh, choppy on the sound there. I don't know what happened. Maybe the conversion of the file from the press conference. But uh, we'll start. We'll play more of that. That was about four minutes of Bobby Houck post game on Saturday. We'll, we'll play the other four or so out throughout the week once we get that cleaned up a little bit. But we'll just give you some of our takes. So uh, Sean Rainey from SWX Montana TV joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas now. Uh, let's go through just all the different elements of this game, Sean. First and foremost, probably the offensive element for the Grizz that stood out the most was not only uh, the increase in uh, rushing yardage and also yards per carry, but also just a lot of different... I mean, they shuffled, they reshuffled the offensive line before A.J. Forbes got hurt, and we'll get into the injuries here in segment two. But they reshuffled the offensive line to have Skylar Martin starting at left guard, Colton Kintz starting at right guard, Moses Mallory rotating in. Mallory might have actually got the start, but Kintz was playing most of the first half at right guard, and that was different than uh, when he had played left guard against Central Washington. That seemed to help quite a bit. They were also running a lot of their two and three tight end sets, especially in the second half. Barnum mentioned that as something he was really impressed with. But then you could also tell that the running backs had been coached to show a lot more patience because I thought that's exactly what Xavier Harris and Nick Osmo did. And all that resulted in 248 yards rushing, 5.5 yards per carry. And that's the uh, fourth most rushing yards in the in a game under Coach Houck and his staff since they returned. So Xavier Harris was over 100 yards, Nick Osmo 82 yards and three touchdowns. The run game looked just a lot better. It did, and I thought... I think some of it was a little gamesmanship because against Central Washington, they pretty much just only ran the inside zone. True. And they didn't really get too exotic with their run game. True. They they got a little bit more exotic against Portland State and got off got off on the edge. And I think that to me is just the biggest thing. Like 
That the inside zone to me, I'm just not. I know that you have to kind of establish it, and then you could run things off of it. But I'm just not the biggest fan of that run play. I just don't. I'm just. I just don't like it. Um, I think it just depends on who you have as at running back too, right? Yeah, and and if you don't have like a Dalton Sneed or like a very athletic running quarterback, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of it. I it pretty much just seems to always when Montana has run it, just like it just gets you you know, two, three yards, and then you're second and long, and then you know that you're throwing it. But they they got out on the edge, and, you know, Nick Osmo and Xavier Harris look really, really good. Um, they were pulling a lot of their guards, and, and I think that, you know, and I talked to Coach Houck after the Central Washington game, and he's like, yeah, you know, some of our linemen just, with, with the, the as many reps, they're just not as, as good with the continual reps. But as they were, like, subbing them, like, hey, you're, you're fresh, you're good. Sure. And if you have depth there... And where you're not getting any worse by your backups, like I know maybe like the one negative would be, you know, the offensive line has to work in continuity and have communication. So sure. if you're kind of shuffling guys in and out throughout a game, like right. you would you would have to work on that. But if you can effectively do that and keep sure. guys fresh, I mean, I don't know how that's that could be a bad thing. Well, when you really get into the the full, I mean, this is nerd offensive line yeah. stuff here. But when you really get into the full way that they operate their blocking schemes. It is more, it's more essential to have continuity at the center and the tackles. That's why the guards are interchangeable because those guys are just co- sort of cogs in the mechanism, right? So if you have if if you have continuity at the two tackle spots in the center, I do think you can rotate guards. And when by the time they get Cordell Pillins healthy, they get Tyler Ganong healthy, where those guys can play a lot of snaps. Now all of a sudden you can play Skylar Martin, Moses Mallory, Colton Kintz. And then those two. So they got five guards. And you're right. If those guys just kind of know, okay, here's what I'm doing when I'm going in the game. But then as an offensive game planner, you just got to make sure it's not a tell too, right? Like you can't just – Kynes can't be playing strong side right guard and be the puller every time he's in because then all of a sudden now you have a tendency and people yeah. will know that. So you just got to have everybody be diversified in what they do. Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. When you bank with Stockman Bank, you receive personalized customer service and your phone call is always answered by a live person. Stockman Bank's highly skilled and personable bank staff is dedicated to making it easy for you to transfer your accounts and meeting your overall financial needs. But in traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology, Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Here's what we're going to do. do. We're going to take a break real quick, and then we'll get into the quarterback play as well as the defense. And we'll also hear from Nick Ostbo, who had a breakout game uh, against a team from his hometown, as well as Jace Lewis, senior linebacker for the Grizz. More here on Nuanez Now. Keep it right here on 129 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. 
Thanks so much for spending some time here with us on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SayY TV, SWX Montana Television. Shad Rainey, SWX Montana, joining me, Coulter Nuanez. Marching through the Montana football hour. We do this the first Monday of, uh, excuse me, the first hour of each Monday show. And it's good to have football in April, I'll tell you that. Uh, Stockman Bank, 36 locations around the state of Montana. It's a bank by Montanans, for Montanans. They're only in Montana, and they plan on keeping that way. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference today. Uh, what do you want to talk about here, Randy? Do you want to talk quarterbacks? Do you want to talk defense? Do you want to talk special teams? What do we want to talk about this analysis of the Grizz 48-7 to win on Saturday? Let's go offense somewhere. Okay, let's, let's, let's talk quarterbacks because there's this, uh, there's this lingering narrative right now. Cam Humphrey, I think he's good. He's not as good as the guy who preceded him in Dalton Sneed. And a lot of times when he looks shaky, I think it's a product of his own nerves, not really like physical deficiencies, right? Like most of his quote-unquote bad throws or bad reads or whatever, they're just, it seems to me just him rushing or him just not getting through his progressions or, or whatever. It's not as if he can't throw the ball. He can throw the ball pretty good to above average, and he's okay mobile-wise. mobile, mobile wise. It seems like he's a decent leader. It just seems like he has another step to take. But also, there seems like there's this really talented kid, Chris Brown, behind him. So I don't know what the gap is or how much they want to push Cam Humphrey. But I do think on one hand, Humphrey was solid during the spring. But he also, especially in the red zone uh, and his decision-making down there, he left something to be desired, right? I don't know. I thought he played pretty well in the in the Portland State game. I thought he made a, a lot of really good reads Went through his progressions pretty well. And obviously, like, I'm saying this as, you know, I was watching the game from the sidelines. I haven't rewatched the game and the game film and haven't really, like, you know, actually talked to the coaches about a specific, like, game grade as far as how he graded out, things like that. And the other thing to know is, like, I mean, he still hasn't played a season's worth of football as a starting quarterback yet. So he does have room to grow. I think that he is plenty good enough to win with. And is he as dynamic? Um, as a Dalton Sneed, you know, probably not. Could he grow into a dynamic player? I think he still could. Um, I thought, but I thought he played really well. Yes, the the throw to the end zone was just a little bit underthrown, but it was a fine read. And you just throw it two feet farther, and it's a touchdown. Like, Here's what I saw on that too. I don't even think it was the read. Excuse me. I have a little bit of a cold. If I if you haven't noticed, I sound terrible. Um, Montana just blocked the punt. They had the ball like 10 or 12-yard line. They were not far from the end zone. It's kind of a kill shot. They were going for a kill shot. Yeah. To me, what I saw was that they just dialed up a play, and they were... Th- You're going to throw it. He's he's yeah. he's catching the ball and throwing the back corner of the end zone, period. And I think that Portland State just had a good play call, and they were running cover two. And so Cam didn't realize it. He just threw to a spot, and then the, the DB was underneath instead of over the top. That's a pick. Yeah, but he had some really good... I mean, that the, the throw on the touchdown to Sulcer... Um, was pretty nice because you had to get it, you have to get it over the linebacker. Solster's not the tallest guy ever, so I mean that's a good throw. I that, mean, that was his best throw of the spring. And he, had he, good, he threw Solster open on that one and let him have yardage in front yeah, of him. Yeah, I mean both of the Solster touchdowns, the one from Central Washington was a sweet throw too, where it was just kind of like back show. He he threw it and Gabe went up and got it. But I, I don't know. I thought he, you know, was a lot more comfortable in the pocket and made a lot of reads. And I also think like we got to give this offensive line a lot of credit because they haven't had any pressures really on right. the quarterback like over these these two games like and that's a stark difference to what it was a couple years ago when man I remember it was like man thank goodness adult Sneed can run because he would would run for his life on 
every single like known passing down, you know, and the the pass protection of the offensive line, very very impressive in these two games in the spring. They also have reached this point in this offense. This is what's so interesting about the the detailed scheme. At the same time, they spread you out, and it's a high flying, high scoring offense. But they run twelve and thirteen personnel. More often than not. In other words, they have multiple, if not three, tight end slash H-backs in the game. That's where having receivers that are so dominant physically is such an advantage. Because you can get, you can still get a mismatch with Sammy Akin with having tight ends in the game. Usually you have to line him up with another two receivers over here to get a mismatch for a normal receiver. Uh, but they, they can get so much room to operate on the outside, even with then having extra guys in, in the box, so to speak, to protect. Well, and Coach Barnum talked about that after the game. He's like... Uh, I thought he's like, man, their their tight ends and their ability to block was more impressive than I saw on film, and that's you know one of the reasons why they were able to get out on the edge so much is because you know Deming Grossman's played really well this spring. They're able to you know get out on the edge and and, and block as well, and yeah, I mean they're a they're a very dynamic offense. I don't know. It's it's interesting because we're talking about. Fans get so excited and they're talking about expectations and how good this Grizz team could be and like, oh, the, you know, comparing this team to some of the the national championship contenders of the past. Well, if you go back, like they've in in Bobby Alex's tenure, like they have gone pretty far with not like the the best quarterback play, not like the most exciting offense in the world. You know, like so is this offense like good enough to compete for a national championship? I think it is. Because I think the defense is is good enough to to do the job. I think they need they need Solcer to continue to accelerate yeah. his playmaking. If he truly becomes consistently elite, and Mitch Roberts is consistently very good, so, the solid Mitch Roberts and, and Sammy yep. Sammy Akem is uh, stays elite, Continu- which he already is. Yeah. And then I think that the the miss the two things that could take them from really good to truly great and and national championship contending, led by the offense. Is if Cam Humphrey can can really lock it in and, and become just above average, especially in the red zone, because that's where they were so good last year. They were dominant in the red zone. They also need um, they need to find a speed running back. I mean, Marcus Knight. If you haven't heard the news, he tore his ACL earlier this spring. He's out indefinitely. If they had that guy, that would be big time for. And I think that Osmo Nick Osmo is good. Xavier Harris has a lot of potential. What's this Isaiah Childs kid like? The three-star recruit they're bringing in from Akron. Can he be that that slash back, that scat back? And, and then the last factor is they just need to take one more step on the offensive line. And I do think they have guys that if they they have continued to improve and if they take one more step, they'll be good. But you mentioned the injury of AJ Forbes that shook some things up as well. So uh, on the injury note, we mentioned Marcus Knight. Cam Humphrey got knocked out uh, midway through the third quarter. He did not return to the game. That then sparked Montana to basically go to the ground almost exclusively. I think Chris Brown only threw I know, three passes. I, I tweeted out, I was like, "Oh, these are going to be some great reps for Chris Brown." And then they uh, and then <laughs> they didn't even throw the ball when he was in. I was like, "Oh, maybe not." You know. <laughs> and so when Cam Humphrey went out halfway through the third quarter, it was on the first play of what became then a twelve play drive that was all runs, and Montana drove the the field about seventy five yards, and Nick Oswell capped it with his first of three touchdowns. Forbes got hurt on the very first play. By the way, Forbes is the sophomore center transfer from Nebraska. Good addition for the Grizz. Looked like, and we don't have confirmation of this yet, but looked like he suffered a pretty serious lower leg slash knee injury. He did not return to the game. And then Xavier Harris, he took a 
looked like a helmet to the hip, kind of like a hip pointer. Uh, but the first 100-yard game for the true freshman from Oxner, too, so that was impressive. But Nick Osmo, with those guys going out, he sort of had to carry the load in the fourth quarter, and he did just that. He had 82 yards. He scored three touchdowns, and uh, probably a special outing for him, given the fact that he is from Portland. He made his press conference debut on Saturday, so here's a couple thoughts from Montana's sophomore running back, Nick Osbo. Yeah, Cam got knocked out, and but then you guys ran the ball, I think, 12 straight times, leading, I think, your first of the three touchdowns. How were you guys able to do- dominate the ground game, especially from that moment forward? It seemed like you really reasserted yourselves running the ball. Yeah, it just, uh, it all started with the O-line. Just, uh, we emphasized running all week, and uh, the O-line just got a lot of push and got off the ball fast just like we wanted them to and um, that made it really easy for us to kind of run the ball on them. And, and Nick, kind of to follow up with that, just uh, your thoughts on your performance this week, like did you feel maybe kind of more in flow? I mean, you hadn't played a game in 16 months last week and now that you guys had some rhythm, do you think that maybe helped you and Xavier along in this game? Yeah, and uh, it really helped last week to like kind of knock the rust off like Jay said and just kind of get back into like the, the role of things and um, really makes it easy when you have a lot of guys around you that are making plays and doing what they're supposed to do. So there you go, Nick Osbo. After a career day, Sean Rainey joining me, Coulter Nuanas here on Nuanas. Now, what do you think of Osbo? I think he is very solid. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if his like ceiling is like you know first team All Conference Big Sky running back. Sure, but I mean if he's your 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 backup guy, yeah. Your switch your switch it up, dude. Um, but then again, I don't, he, it's so funny. Like he's only uh, going to be a sophomore. Sophomore, yep. And I think he, he showed a little bit more wiggle this last week, getting out of the edge. Um, but I don't know if he has like the just that crazy explosiveness and athleticism at the running back position that makes you you know uh, like a first team guy. But he's really really good, and uh, you know obviously Grizz are very happy to have him. But I think a, like a Xavier Harris, like when you, he just shows you like a couple flashes here and there where you're like, yeah, like that guy has some of the, the juice that can really make you, you know, that star. Like Marcus Knight has that that flash to him. Sure. But, I mean, you need a guy like Osmo where you can just hand it off and he could get you the tough yardage. And, I mean, for him to have this, the success that he did as a true freshman, I mean, that was coming straight out of high school. Sure. And his, you know, strength and his ability to physically be able to play in the Big Sky Conference as a true freshman at one of the most physical positions on the football field was very impressive. And he's only gotten, you know, stronger. Like, I mean, he's a beast. He, he needs, he's the thunder. He needs a lightning back to yep. go with him. But if they, th- that seems to be a strategy in recruiting. They want to have the short yardage guy and the electric guy. So I expect there always to be a complimentary lightning guy to go with him. And he is, he's a really, he has really good hands. Like he's a really good pass catcher catch out of the, the backfield. Sure. Like he's not the most explosive, like speed guy, but I mean, he can catch and, and make you miss and he's got really sure hands. And I mean, I think a lot of, if you look around the rest of the big sky, I think pretty much every other team would be like, yeah, we'd love to have him as our running back. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide TV, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey joining me, Coulter Nuanez. Let's talk about the defense. <clears throat> they only gave up 25 first downs this whole spring. That, to me, is one of the number one statistics. I also think that they showed just how solid and sound they can be because they were giving up limited yardage, limited first downs, 
yet they only had two sacks the entire spring. A, a million pressures. I mean, Saturday was a special circumstance because Davis Alexander, Portland State's quarterback, is a good player, and he he got back to the line. And I mean, they flushed him a million times. I mean, he must have been under pressure on 20 of his 25 pass attempts. He just got back to the line of scrimmage, so it wasn't officially a sack. But it's not as if they're not getting pressure. But... It's not like they forced crazy turnovers or got crazy sacks. They basically were just solid and sound, tackling the ball and forcing punts over and over and over again, two straight games. Well, with Portland State, too, you're going to look at the stats, and, I mean, they had, like, no rushing yards from their running backs. Like, their only rushing yards was Alexander just running around scrambling for his life. And he's also, I mean, he's a very good quarterback, but he's not your typical, like, he's not going to take a five-step drop and, like, hit wide receivers on, like, 15-yard outs. Like, that's not really his game. His game is more, like, scramble around, make a play. Like, and well, they, they put him on the run almost always. Yeah, like, that's, some of their, that's their offense. And some of their bigger plays were just, like, early on were, like, some dump-offs to the running back and things like that. And then, obviously, the one double-move shot that they got for their touchdown. But, like, they didn't give up many just of your set, like, here's a 15-yard out and they got a completion. You know, like, they didn't sure. give up anything of, like, conventional yardage, you know? And so that, to me, was pretty impressive. Like, the only time that Portland State moved the ball was, like, when it got into, like, backyard scramble mode. And they had to get into background scramble mode because of the pressure. So, and then Central Washington, like, they were not going to take sacks. Like, they, I mean, that's why they got a couple of their interceptions. Like, their quarterbacks just, like, hucked it up there, like, right away. So, I thought the defense was very impressive. I think their corners are going to be able to match up very well with other teams in the big sky. For sure. And they're just, they're physical and they're tough. And I think that is what you want from a defense. Like they swarm to the football and when they get there, like you like when Alexander had that big run, you know, he got like 20, 25 yards on a scramble and then he paid for it. Like Justin Smacked. Ford just, yep. you know, upended him and just smacked him pretty good. And so that like, that is what you want as a defense. Like whenever somebody's going to like, you're going to punish the ball carrier and that is what they showed. And to me, like, that is why I think they were very impressive. Jace Lewis, the leader of that defense, both in his captain status and also in his accolades, he's sure to be a preseason All-Big Sky guy, probably a preseason All-American, and a senior from uh, Townsend, Montana. He had eight tackles. He had a sack. He had a couple tackles for loss, and he had an interception. He talked to us for a couple minutes after Montana's 48-7 to win over Portland State. Yeah, I mean, obviously last week we knocked the rough, rust off early. And, I mean, coming into this game, I think everybody was pretty fired up to get, to get going. And and Coach always gets us, gets us going. So, I mean, we were, we were excited to go into this game. And I think we there were some mistakes we made that we still need to clean up a little bit. But I think it's a good direction going into the summer and then for to the fall. You guys had like a nickname for each other as a unit. It looked like you guys were really just thinking well together today. Yeah, I mean, it's, you look at it and really realize we're all from Montana, but I mean, even Braxton, I mean, there's oh, there's more than just us that play in that game, and the, the D-line up front, I mean, allows us, they take eat up double teams the whole game so we can flow and make plays, so they make it pretty easy on us throughout the game. Chase, what's it like, obviously, as a senior, you've gone through spring where you're, you're normally playing a spring game against your own team, how would you just overall just be able to play a couple of other opponents, what can you gain from that, and was that a lot more fun than playing against your own guys? Yeah, we were just talking about that as a linebacking crew. It's, it's, I think it's way better playing against someone else than the offense for what the last year now. We've just been going head to head with them, so it's 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 nice to see. I mean, get these two games in and then knock the rust off to allow us to go into this fall with our heads high and and some stuff to correct. Can you talk a little bit about Chase about the interception? What the 
Well, I mean, I just, all week, I, I mean, Coach Bear always tells us to bend back under, and I did, and he threw it right to me, and I just, just ran to the sideline like we we're supposed to. Got chased down by the, the old lineman, though, so I wasn't happy about that. <laughs> but no, it was good. I think Pat uh, almost sacked him on that play, allowed him to throw it, so credit to Pat and the rest of the D-line. Jace, when you play, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but playing two different opponents this spring, do you think that kind of helps clarify some things to work on going forward as opposed to just playing your offense? Like, does that maybe help you the most in that regard? Yeah, I mean, it does because you see a lot of different looks, I mean, the last two weeks. And, yeah, I, it does It does help way more. I mean, obviously our offense, we, we play against them every day, so we kind of know what to expect. And there's always things to correct with them, too. So, yeah. Is playing with confidence go as you guys go into the summer and then ultimately the fall? Is that also a key attribute of all this? Yeah, I think these two games are huge. I mean, taking a year off, that's a long time to not play a game. So these two games were big for us to go into the, the summer and the next fall. So there you go. Jace Lewis, senior linebacker from Montana. Post-game after Montana's 48-7 victory over Portland State. It is the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank has 36 locations all over the state of Montana. It's in Montana, only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you the Stockman difference today. More on the Montana Football Hour with Sean Rainey. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Keep it right here on Nuanas Now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Marching through the Montana Football Hour. We'll have another Montana Football Hour next Monday as well to wrap up this weird but very welcome spring football season. Sean Rainey joining me in studio here on Nuanez Now. The Montana Football Hour is presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today, member FDIC. Sean, let's talk a little bit more about this Grizz win over Portland State, 48-7. to We talked sort of about some of the things that could take this team uh, even one step above, and I think that's probably... I wrote this in my game story. At the same time, this Montana team was noticeably improved in almost every element from the very first couple minutes of the Central Washington game. And I thought they performed really well in pretty much every element of the game the last two weeks. And 107-10 to is indicative of that dominance. That said, I still think there's a lot of places where they could still get better. There's guys that still have a lot of, of room to grow to fulfill their potential. There's still a lot of uh, elements of execution that, like Bobby Halk always says, we haven't played the perfect game yet, but we're going to keep trying. And I think that in itself gives a lot of optimism as well because this team has gotten a lot better, yet still can get so much better from where they're at right now. One area I think, you know, and we haven't really got a full chance to see it, but the kicking game yeah, is, place kicking is, a, is a complete mystery. Like, we really have no idea. 
and neither do the coaches really. <laughs> like, and so that's that's kind of like the the unknown. And obviously, in closer games, when you have to decide on you know going for it on fourth and two or trying to kick a forty-two yard field goal, like we haven't seen them having to make those decisions yet, right? And we don't know. And obviously, not having a good field goal kicker or you know being able to execute in that area, um, it it's the difference between great teams and championship level teams. And think that's what we've seen in the past with you know this Montana football team and and I remember <laughs> I remember some of the times um back when I was in school and that was when Halk was here last. I remember when they would go up against other teams and they would like line up for a 40 yard field goal or something. And I'm just like, there's no chance this is going in. Like some of the other teams, like their special teams was just so bad. Sure. And that's like what, obviously what Montana really just stood head and shoulders above everybody else in special teams. Yes. And they've gotten to that point everywhere except for the field goal kicking. Right. To this point. So that, that is a, a, a big mystery to me. And then still just like their run defense against, those dynamic run teams is like the one area that I want to see improve. And we were kind of talking just now during the break, like obviously they struggled defensively against Montana state. And I was like, what other games last year did they really not have any success in or struggled? And we couldn't really think of any, like, you know, they Sac State a little bit. I, I thought of that one. Yeah. Sac different, state, different style though. Yeah. That was also just a weird, weird fluky game. game. And there's a bunch of turnovers early, things like that. But yeah, Sac state, they, they did struggle. Um, so yes, obviously there's always room to improve. I mean, it's football. Um, but you have to really like what you saw from the, the two games in the spring for sure. The other thing that I thought walking out of the stadium was um, they they rolled so many guys. They showed such great depth. They had so many guys contribute to both victories. But they didn't have to really ride their horses. And that's a good thing this time of year. You don't want to wear those guys out. But there'll be a time or multiple times next fall where Montana's in a back and forth, a knockdown drag out game. Where you know they're, they've completely taken away into the underneath stuff with Gabe Solser, or, or, or the you know the team has taken away the check down with the running back, and they're making Cam Humphrey or whoever the quarterback is truly make reads and throw the ball down the field. But they also didn't have to just you know hey it's third and nine let's throw it to eighteen. They didn't have to do that. And so where's the jump like if and when they do do that? Because Sammy Kim will be one of the dominant athletes in the Big Sky Conference. So I I think that there's they have some uh, some advantages up their sleeve that we didn't we didn't get to see a, a taste of yet. 100%. And if you were watching those those couple games you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that 18's like solid, he's fine, like whatever." They didn't like have to target him. No, they only you know what I, mean? yeah, like, I think they only threw him the ball 3 times. Yeah, I mean Maybe so four times. Yeah, so it wasn't like, "Oh yeah, Sammy Kim was out there dominating." But that's just cuz they didn't really have to target him all that much and they were spread the ball around. Obviously, like you're talking about in those situations where like third downs are harder to pick up in those money downs is when you go to those money players, you know, and yes, they didn't have those situations. So we didn't really see that. Um, but even on like that touchdown, like he just got a step and he just, he's so big. He just boxed out the, yes. he just had the cornerback on his back and then it's just game over. Cause it's just so big. You just box him out and catch it with your stomach and you're in the end zone, you know? So yeah, we had, we, but we didn't have to see those, um, those critical downs. And also like in those situations, like, there's just a little bit more pressure. Like it's pretty easy to make a third nine throw when you're up by three touchdowns. You know, when the game is tied or you're losing and it's really important that you need to keep the drive going and you're, you know, you've gone two two straight three and outs or something like that. There's just, there's more to it, you know? And we will obviously we'll see that 
at some point, it's just a matter of, you know, when and, well, probably in week one when they play Washington. So, <laughs> and We saw the emergence of several young guys, particularly on offense, like Nick Osmo, Xavier Harris, Ryan Simpson, for sure. But there's also a bunch of other guys that didn't get that many chances that will get chances. Guys like Cole Grossman or, you know, if Matt Rensville can get back healthy, he was a guy yeah. that was a big part of the offense a couple years back. Um, you know, even Malik Flowers maybe some more touches. See, and him. I'm glad you mentioned it. I was like, we have to mention his name during this hour just because, like, that guy, I mean, is he, I'm trying to think, he's like, might be the most impressive Grizz offensive player, slash special teams player, to like never score a touchdown or like make an impact like on offense. Like the, he, the, he has, the game he has, changing he plays. He has two catches this spring and three catches in his career, yet he scored five touchdowns yeah, as a Grizz. But like as a returner, as a, that punt block was insane. Like totally. I, yeah, that was right in front of me. Like his explosion off the line to block that punt. And then on that. I don't know if it was a punt return or a kick return. He smacked a dude out of bounds. Oh, totally. Like just like that. Like Malik Flowers is like an incredible player as far as like just a special teams ace and as a backup wide receiver. Like it's going to be very fun to you know to watch him as he keeps developing as well. Much more on Grizz football, Bobcat football, and Big Sky Conference football. The playoff bracket is out as well, so we'll give you a little insight into that uh, maybe later on this show, but definitely tomorrow as well. Sean will be back for a little while tomorrow as well, uh, so we'll look forward to that, but he's got a run right now. It has been the Montana Football Hour presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family-owned community bank with locations throughout the state of Montana. Stockman Bank committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means for you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and neighbors. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking, member FDIC. Before I duck out real quick, um, we had the story on the Grizz golf team that yep, aired at yep, halftime yep, of the yep. football game. Great airing, airing that tonight, in case you missed it, at 9 o'clock on, and at 10, 9 o'clock on Fox, 10 o'clock on ABC, and also on SWX tonight at 10.30. Grizz golf team, they're playing in the Big Sky Conference Championships right now. They've been through more adversity than really any team I think I've ever covered in my entire sports journalism career. So, an incredible story. Tune in if you can. I'll be swinging by SWX tonight as well, so we'll look forward to that a little bit later on. Thanks to Sean Rainey. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Hot Kyle Sample and I recorded a bunch of stuff last night. More Grizz football, some NBA, some NFL, and everything in between. Keep it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.